This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So getting started, right, it's hard. That took like two weeks. I made 10 bucks. It was a lot Mm -hmm. of applying for jobs. I was casting a wide net. I recommend people do that, you know, see what works for you. But after that, after you get your first five star, it's all about building reputation and maintaining your reputation. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I have an ultra special guest. Morgan Overholt is here to talk about Upwork, graphic design, freelancing, and all of the things that come along with starting your own business. Morgan has nearly 20 years of professional experience in graphic design and sales and is a self-described small business evangelist. I met Morgan on Twitter. I think she was looking for a source for a piece she was writing for Business Insider, and we connected ever since then. We learned we have a whole lot in common, and I just really respect her work ethic and her professionalism and all of that good stuff. So Morgan spent the first 15 years of her career in corporate settings and decided to take the leap and turn her then part-time side hustle into her full-time thing in 2017. Again, she's made over $500,000 on the Upwork platform, and I get a whole lot of questions about Upwork. How does it work? How do you actually make good money on there? And so she's breaking it all down for us. I'm so excited to chat with her. Let's hop into the episode. Well, everyone, I am here with Morgan Overholt, and for those of you who aren't um, I like to think I'm internet friends with Morgan I or an internet stalker on Twitter, whatever you want to call it. For those who are not friends with you already, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, how you got started in this wonderful freelance world? Well, I am Latasha's internet stalker. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, we kind of live in a very similar world, um, a little bit different. Um, We actually met when I was doing an article for Business Insider a couple of years ago about high-earning freelancers, and you volunteered and gave us all sorts of golden nuggets and gems about how you you charge your clients and how you determine your rates, and and it was a fantastic article. If you guys want to go check it out, it's still up on the interwebs. (laughs) I'll link Um, it. (laughs) Yes, perfect. Um, But yeah, no, I am a freelance graphic designer by trade. I I quit my full-time job back in 2017, um, April of 2017, walked away from a job that was driving me bonkers, you know, um, killing me as far as hours were concerned. I didn't see my family. I wasn't sleeping well at night and decided pretty much anything has got to be better than this. Right. Um, so I have always been a freelancer on the side. Um, didn't matter what I was doing in my corporate career. I have literally freelanced, um, in some capacity since I was about 18 years old. I mean, I remember spending my first part-time office max check on a student version of Adobe creative suite. Okay. Like that's, <laughs> I'm kind of obsessive about it. So I, I knew that I was able to make money, you know, in freelance graphic design, um, on the side. But the big question of course, at the time was, could I live off of that income? And luckily the answer was yes. Um, and since then, of course, as most freelancers do, it seems to kind of be the typical journey. Um, as we start thinking, all right, hey, this, this entrepreneur thing ain't too shabby. You know, we start doing other things. Um, eventually I blossomed into a 
a bit of a small agency model where I work with other subcontractors and freelancers so we can take on massive volumes. Um, I've also launched a couple of blogs, one big, one baby, <laughs> still kind of working on those. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I almost hate the term entrepreneur because I think it's overused, you know, um, mm. but essentially that's, that's what I've become. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I want to dive more into the blog stuff later on too, because I'm very curious about that, but you said that you've always kind of freelanced. So where did that come from? Like, what did you just kind of do things for fun? Were you like a MySpace kid? That's how I got started with any little bit of coding that I know is from MySpace. So where did that, <laughs> that love Throwback. of graphic design and right. <laughs> all that we're, come from? We're from, we're from a similar generation, Latasha. Yep. yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, so let's go ahead and get geeky. All right. So when, <laughs> since you, since you, you, you laid it down, all right, I'll, I'll go yeah. down on this. So, um, when I was a teenager, you know, it's funny cause growing up, like I was even having this conversation with my dad on the phone last night, ironically, when I was growing up, you know, my, my parents, they, they saw tech is important, but they didn't necessarily see it as like a career. My dad really wanted me to go into something in the medical field, you know, but he wanted me to be savvy at the same time. So, you know, we, we had like a little home PC, you know, it wasn't very much. Um, I crashed it a few times and got in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I even remember back in the day because, you know, when AOL was just kind of starting up, you know, to get on the internet kids, you had to tie up the landline and nobody yep. could get through. I remember like getting in trouble for spending too much time on the computer. Yep. Um, but despite the fact that my parents were like, Mm, I don't know if this girl's like, you know, if this is, if she's spending too much time on this stuff or not. I was just fascinated with it. Right. Like I was completely enamored by it. Um, I thought it was interesting that you could create a product or you could create an item and, and then see it and put it on the internet for the world to see. And that you could do that as a, a 12 or a 13 year old, you know, yeah. um, I was literally the kid in the summers who I wasn't that popular anyway. So my social life was, you know, eh. <laughs> so I just yep. spent my summer is like reading on w3.org, like W3 schools and like learning HTML that way. And then getting on GeoCities or Homestead or getting a .tk address. I don't know if you remember those because you used yes. to give out .tk domains for free. Um, I eventually graduated my first ever website. I'm not even kidding. was a Harry Potter fan site. <laughs> and, Love it. And, and I was just using, you know, what was available to me for free, like free GeoCities, free domains, you know, whatever free software came with our little, you know, computer back in the day. Um, but I got to tell you, I don't think I ever really saw it as an employable skill, um, at least not early on, even, even when I started freelancing, you know, which mm -hmm. happened organically, basically, because people could, they saw what I was doing in the computer and they're like, Hey, you know, that kid, maybe she can punch out a $20 flyer for me since she can build other stuff. And, and that's basically how it started. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you bring up the Harry Potter site. I always recommend this to people, not Harry Potter specifically, but, um, <laughs> you know, if people are like, Hey, I don't have any portfolio work. I I'm like, just make something about something yeah. that you love. That's how I started in social media management. I just would make Instagram accounts for, you know, like photo curation, Instagrams of things that I liked and things like that. So you never know where they can take you just learning those skills well, over time, um, you know, you have to have something to practice with. So I love that yeah. for you. It was Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you actually got a little bit more serious and, and started taking on clients, um, I was stalking your Twitter yesterday as I do. And 
um, I saw you posted this tweet that 99% of your clientele comes from one of these three channels. And there was a graphic. Mm-hmm. It was, I think online marketplaces like Upwork or Fiverr, Facebook groups, and then referrals. So mm-hmm. that's has, that has to be my number one question that I get from the audience is where do you get clients? And I know that you have um, a lot of success specifically on Upwork. So tell me a little bit about where you do get your clients now. Has that changed from when you started and, and all of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I was younger, you know, um, it was really just word of mouth. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was, uh, it's funny because I, my first ever part-time job was working at the local office max, you know, um, and I worked in the little copy department and, nice. um, I actually knew more about, we kept having customers come in and ask for like little graphic design requests. And I knew more about Photoshop than like my mm-hmm. supervisor did. Um, to an almost annoying degree because they're always like, well, let's wait till the 18 year old shows up to work and we'll have her do it. You know? <laughs> So when I left Office Max, um, like, you know, at 20 or whatever, I think when I transferred into um, a different, you know, college, I actually had clients who tracked me down. Like they were, making, luckily it was a small town, so it wasn't that easy. A little creepy, but you know, small town <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and they were able to track me down and they're like, hey, you know, you used to do this kind of stuff for us at Office Max. Would you mind, you know, doing this directly on the side? Um, and that's, that's kind of how it started. And, and for years, honestly, Latasha, that's how it was for me. I didn't try to actively go after clients. It was mm-hmm. all word of mouth. It was all referral. I wouldn't necessarily recommend people doing it that way, because if you just sit around and hope it's going to come to you, that's probably not the best advice. Yeah. Um, this is definitely how it started for me. And so accidentally I've been laying the seeds for an excellent referral network for the past almost 20 years now. I mean, I'm 36 mm-hmm. um, now, so um, I still get a high volume and of course, over the years, those little $20 flyers turned into like hundred dollar projects turned right. into thousand dollar projects and now multi-thousand dollar projects. So that's yep. been really great. And I, and I do recommend if you are trying to get started and you are trying to develop a referral network, let's say you don't already have one in place. Um, a great way to start is just putting a feeler out. Um, for instance, when I quit my job, my full-time job to do the freelance full-time, I, I sent an email out to all of my serious contacts. I let all of my friends know, Hey, look, I'm going into freelance. You know, I'm taking, this is a full-time thing for me now. Please let me know if you have any work or know of someone who does. I also clarified, especially in talking to my friends, this is not a free offer. Right, <laughs> this is right. my livelihood, which is really important because you also have those friends that are like, Oh, well, great. You know, I have my kids, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, two and a half week birthday coming up. Would you mind <laughs> doing an invite for that? So clarify. Yeah. Um, but the second thing is like, um, when you start taking it really seriously, you know, Upwork was a massive thing for me. Um, now with that said, I tried all of the online marketplaces and I mm-hmm. recommend trying them all. I was on Thumbtack. I was on mm-hmm. Fiverr. Um, I was on Upwork. Upwork is just kind of the one that worked for me. I would even say try freelancer.com, you know, um, yeah. try them all and see what works for you. Upwork is the largest, which is probably why it's, it's kind of paid off for you and I, yeah. um, and I, I just feel like the volume and the diversity was there. The variety of jobs was there. So it definitely mm-hmm. worked out that absolutely kickstarted everything when I went full-time. Um, and then of course, last but not least you have Facebook groups. I probably get the least amount of my work from that source, but if I had to start completely over again tomorrow, or, um, oftentimes when I'm training people, I tell them, Hey, look, get involved in Facebook groups. I think too many people, and this will be really interesting actually to kind of hear your opinion on this. I think, because it is important to have your own social media, right? Yeah. But once again, it's the concept of waiting for people to come to you. You Mm -hmm. really on social media need to do what it says in the name, be social. Yeah. Go, go to them. 
go on the groups, participate in the groups, respond to people. You'd be often to see, you'd be surprised how often to see, especially in freelancing group client groups, clients come over and post jobs. Um, yep. you know, you can, you can meet people. Heck I've met other freelancers who have gone on to subcontract for me on the freelancing females, Facebook group, um, right. met quality people that way, because you'll also find that people who are actively going to the groups and, and doing that kind of stuff, they're genuinely, you know, very um, proactive people in their fields. They're kind of hard workers. They want to be better. You know, they're there for connections. So I think it's one of the reasons I make a, you know, it's possible to make such good connections on, on those kinds of things. So go, go to your audience, you know, and, and, and essentially that's the thing, all three of those items have in common, right? The fact that you're going to where, you know, the fish are biting essentially Absolutely. instead of waiting. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I hear all the time. People are like, oh, Facebook isn't even, you know, nobody goes on Facebook. Don't bother having a Facebook page. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if you just do nothing and just to have a profile that exists or, you know, maybe post your blog post or whatever to your Facebook page. Yeah. That's probably realistically not a great strategy, but if you're using either a Facebook page or a first, uh, personal profile in Facebook groups and, you know, really, um, stimulating conversation, meeting people, it, because it's more than about just getting jobs to, to your point, I too have met so many people who I've either hired or, or have subcontracted me or who I've interviewed on the podcast, or, you know, you make so many great connections through some of yeah. those things, but it starts with actually doing the thing and, and putting yourself out there. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I remember when I first um, met you online and it's so funny because we, we talked about this before, briefly before the podcast, I feel like we have known each other. I feel like yeah, we've met, it's weird. <laughs> I, but I remember you've actually had in your Twitter bio, all my best friends I met online, or I make all my friends online, something like yeah. that. And I thought that it's so funny because I think, especially as freelancers and as entrepreneurs, you know, I come from a small town originally, you know, in Morristown, Tennessee, East Tennessee, you know, yes. um, it was not normal to be an entrepreneur. Um, it was not, especially not expected for a young woman to do that kind of thing. And, and I didn't really have those kinds of connections and I've really had to try to meet those people and, you know, who will help me further myself and my career, you know, who will give me advice, who will mentor me, who will inspire me, you know, as yeah. you do yeah. genuinely. And it's, it's awesome too, because you're one of the few women that I've really found that are putting herself out there. I think as women, a lot of times we're kind of like, eh, yeah, the internet can be a cruel place, you know, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> to us, <laughs> it, can, well, it can be a cruel place to everybody, but I, sure. I do feel like um, women get a, a lot of that. So it's so important, you know, to, to mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff, um, you know, Absolutely. and, and tar in a targeted way too, you know, yeah. not just to networking, isn't just going out to drinks every night, you know, like do so in a targeted yeah. way, think about who you're talking to and, and, and where you're going and, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know I'm coming out with this, this crazy number. I, I've read that you've earned over $500,000 on yes. Upwork which is nuts. And I just feel like there are so many myths and kind of half truths about that platform. I have not made anywhere near $500,000 on the platform, but even I know that, that some of these things are not true. Um, and I think the biggest one is that you can't find high paying gigs on the platform. I doubt after making $500,000 on the platform, you know, every single client was paying you hundred dollars for a project, right? So can you give us any tips on how to actually find those good quality, higher paying gigs on Upwork, or, you know, I'm sure a lot of the strategies are the same for those other marketplaces like you, like you mentioned. 
Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of it is just, you know, um, a building your established reputation, you know, on a platform like that. And, and for me, when I first joined it in some ways, almost felt like starting over, you know, um, it was really kind of disheartening and very scary, especially with all the naysayers, like you just said, because there are a ton of them that'll say, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, you know, a race to the bottom. How many times have we heard that? Um, and so I thought, eh, but I'm desperate. I need this business to work out. So I'm going to try everything and then I'll see for myself. <laughs> so yep. Yep. that's what I did. Um, luckily. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I was even one of those people that I didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning. So I just kind of put like, I cast a wide net. I applied for big jobs. I applied for little jobs. I applied for expensive jobs and cheap jobs. And in the beginning, I was very focused on you know, getting that first review on the board, essentially. Um, and yep. I didn't really worry about, uh, you know, what I was getting paid to get that first five star. Um, my husband even said, cause I remember one night I was complaining to him. I was like, well, you know, what if I never get a job or what if they're all going to be like $10 or whatever? He goes, how much would you pay me right now to get a five-star review? I was like, pay you. He's like, yeah. What would be your marketing expense? If, if like, you knew you could get a five-star review at the end of the week. And I was like, God, I'd pay, I'd pay hundreds for that. Probably. He's like, great. Right. Then you can do a $10 job and get a five-star review. And call it a day. Ooh, I so love that. So that's what I did. Actually, that was the first client that bit for me, um, was just a little $10 vector tweak. I was able to finish it in 15 minutes. I got a five-star review. Um, and really, if you think about my hourly rate today, that's fairly comparable considering how quickly I got it done. Right. Um, and after that, the rest was really history. So getting started, right. It's hard. That took like two weeks. I made 10 bucks. It was a lot Mm -hmm. of applying for jobs. I was casting a wide net. I recommend people do that, you know, see what works for you. But after that, after you get your first five star, it's all about building reputation and maintaining your reputation. When you Mm -hmm. apply for work, make sure all your proposals are client centric. Quit talking about yourselves, Mm -hmm. start talking about the client and what you're going to do for the client. I read so many proposals, even as a somebody, as somebody who hires on Upwork, um, which I do, you know, with, with some frequency, not as much as I play freelancer, but I occasionally play client too. Um, I can't tell you how often I just get proposals that are like, this is where I went to school and this is more about me. And I love cotton candy. And I mean, it's just like yeah. <laughs> levels. And nowhere in the proposal have they said, so I read your proposal. I love this kind of work. Slide decks are my favorite. You know, I specialize in this. I actually did something similar for client X, Y, and Z. We made a lot of money. You know, mm-hmm. I can do this for you in under a week. I can do it on time and on budget. You know, I, I, I looked at your website. I love your branding. I'm into the, I'm into what you're doing, you know, make it about the client because you see how much more attractive that is. Um, you know, so I would say, make sure everything's client focused from your bio to your proposals. Um, and, and also, as, as the more established you get, start to really, um, you know, look for those red flags in clients. And, and that starts with communication, right? A lot of finding high paying clients or finding quality clients, as I call them, come from just really practicing excellent communication skills. Because in the interview process, well, heck, I'll go back to even reading the job post from reading the job post to mm-hmm. see how they communicate um, to the interview process. If they're an excellent communicator, they do exactly what they say they're going to do. They listen to you. You have a great, you know, kind of rapport going back and forth. That's probably going to be a great client versus somebody who might be less descriptive versus somebody who might be a little bit, um, 
defensive, you know, or yeah. might seem distrusting of you. I've, I've always put a lot of value on the client freelancer relationship. And I think that's helped me both build, continue to build that reputation, but also, uh, and build ongoing contracts, which is the real key to Upwork. Um, and, and really kind of like scout out, you know, sniff out those excellent clients, almost like a truffle pig, right? Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm after. I'm after quality. So, you know, yeah. as they focus on that communication. Yes. Communication it is everything. I mean, freelancing business, it, it really is about relationship building. Like I think we sometimes overcomplicate it in our heads, but at the end of the day, people are going to hire you. If you're going to make their jobs easier, if you're going to help them make money, if you're going to, you know, help them do something, you know, how, you know, how to talk to people, just talk to them. Like they're a person, you know, be, be kind, be, you wouldn't walk into somebody's home and just start talking about yourself. You would say, Oh, I like your curtains or whatever. This is cool. You know? it's the same thing. It's just relationship building. So you know, kind of, if it helps think of it, like being on a first date in a way, you know, yes. I can't tell yep. you how many times I, I begin a client relationship, you know, even if, even if they initiate the zoom call and they want to dive straight into the project, I say, eh, let's first talk about you and your role in the company and you know, how you guys get started and what your goals are. And, and you would be surprised because I feel like that really clients find that really endearing. And it also helps me understand the project, you know, from, from a root level. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, think about it, like how you'd act on a first date is probably totally. what I'd say. Yeah. And I'll say too, from the side of someone who does hire on Upwork a lot as well, that, that is the differentiator between like very early stage freelancers and experienced freelancers. I've noticed people who actually care about the company, want to know about the org structure, want to know about that thing. Those are going to be more advanced freelancers. I know that they kind of know what they're doing versus somebody who's, you know, kind of like deer in headlights, um, just like wants to talk about the job. That's it very basic, no conversation. Um, it's definitely a difference in, in skill sets. So I encourage mm -hmm. people to work on communication. That's a fundamental freelance skill for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So love that. Um, lots of good tips on Upwork. I know that in addition to doing that stuff though, you, you also mentioned kind of a handful of side gigs, not just these blogs. Um, you have a couple of blogs, but I know you also do some coaching. You have a Patreon. Can you tell us what else you do in your, in your business? Well, those are the big things. So I, yeah. I briefly touched on the remote agency, you know, um, that's very much just like the freelance work though. That was built out of necessity really because yeah. after the first eight or nine months of being a freelance solo act, like a lot of us kind of run into, I was facing serious burnout and we were growing almost too quickly. Um, oh. seriously, y'all would be surprised how quickly it pays off when you just start focusing on client relationships, you know, freelancers that really do that kind of stuff, the pros they're, they're hard to come by and clients will stick with you until the end of time. I have clients I've had for four or five years at this point, you know, wow. who, who are loyal to the end. <laughs> so, um, but of course it was also very much like a snowball rolling downhill. You know, we were collecting clients at a rapid pace. So I had to start hiring other people. Um, you know, for me, it just started with hiring my little sister away from her full-time job. You know, Aww. she's also, a, she's also a graphic designer and kind of always wanted to do freelance. And so she still works with me today. Um, she's been my right hand woman, like, you know, since late 2017. So, and um, she's been awesome. And then of course we've also, as time has gone on, hired other people. Um, you know, I started with 
like hiring for people or hiring for skills that, um, for stuff I didn't really like feel was my forte, for instance, branding and logo design. I have an amazing guy who has a specialty, like he does all that for us. I also have a cartoonist and an illustrator. Um, and then eventually I started just, you know, hiring generic graphic designers who could do more along the lines of what I could do. And it allows us to take on, you know, massive projects. It allows us to be a little more flexible on our time, scale up and down as needed. That's the beauty of hiring freelancers, you know, at the end yes. of the day. Um, I meant, I also have my, my second biggest thing right now is actually our blog. So I launched a blog, a blog with a B (laughs) (laughs) blog with the B, um, actually during the pandemic, um, the height of the pandemic and the shutdowns in April of 2020, I was like, let's start a new business. Why not? And we launched a regional travel blog, um, which caters to East Tennessee. It was my first time ever doing anything like that. I had no idea what I was doing. I partnered with my little sister again and my husband this time, which that's nice. been a trip in itself. Working with oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my God. That could be a whole separate podcast. Yes. <laughs> but um, it was really cool because we, we had to figure it out as we went along. But today, Latasha, um, and I'll, I'll say this, we actually just had our, our record month this month. Yes. Um, we had um, we had over $30,000 in revenue on just the blog alone, which is gosh. bonker pants for something yes. that we launched basically like a little over a year and a half ago. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So um, that's been a whole journey in of itself. And then um, because we've seen such success with the blog and now I kind of feel like I know what I'm doing. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I decided to try my hand in like doing more of a freelancer blog mm-hmm. um, and to see how that goes. So I kind of relaunched that. Um, well, I mean, I had a website that was just my portfolio before, but I relaunched it as a blog site back in April. And, um, you know, I'm already getting like some affiliate sales. It's not, um, ad monetized yet, but I'm getting some affiliate sales. So that's really super exciting. And then my, my latest, latest project is uh, my Patreon. Now, I mean, I just launched this thing. Like it's very small, definitely the smallest project, but like you probably also receive a lot of people are like, Hey, can you tell me how to build, you know, social media? Can you tell me how to, you know, increase traffic to my blog? Um, can you tell me how to get more clients? And so I've launched the Patreon. Um, and I have my, my lowest tier is literally just something where it unlocks, unlocks all the posts. Um, but I've made sure to, to really pack a punch in those posts. Like in the post, I have um, an example proposal that I used to score $150,000 con- contract on Upwork. All right. Like nice. the exact proposal, the screenshots, I'm not, nice. no BS. So, so I've kind of put those little nuggets, you know, to show people actionably what I've done to achieve the things in my career. And sometimes posting about my mistakes too, because honestly, those you can learn from even better than the wins, I think. So yeah, totally That's kind of what I got going on. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I love that you, um, brought up blogging. That's something that I'm kind of toying with the idea of bringing back to, I had a blog on my website and then I, you know, stopped because it's a, it's a big initiative. It's not just something, especially if you want to have those $30,000 months, like you're having, I'm sure that's not something you're just occasionally posting to, right? There's a whole, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's a whole know, business. It's, it's funny because I, I think a lot of times we, and I'm guilty of this too, I, you know, we call it passive income, but it's not passive income. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, we can call it semi-passive at best. All right. Let's yeah. like start that trend by saying it's semi-passive because people always come to me and they say, Oh, I just want to blog it, set it and forget it. And I'm like, that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not a thing. <laughs> you, you have, 
have to post like, I mean, we, we keep new content enough for a one new post every single day, you know, now I don't work on it every single day. We work on it. We started out just one day a week, you know, now we yeah. do two, two and a half, um, you know, and obviously I've got partners in the big blog and we also hire freelancers in the big blog that 30 grand is revenue, not net. Right. right. <laughs> I don't get exactly. nearly that much put in my pocket. All right. Yeah. So nobody get excited. I, you know, <laughs> but, um, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, yeah. you know, as, as you know, with YouTube, the internet doesn't like it. If you're stagnant internet, mm -hmm. Google, YouTube, um, you know, Facebook, they all like it when you're active on their platforms. Um, so if you're just looking for something that's totally said it, forget it, blogging, vlogging, freelance, none of this is for you. All right. Yep. There are very few set it and forget it careers, but it is really exciting because as, as you know, we know things like Patreon and things like blogging, what it does allow us to do is I can take weekends off now. Nobody's blowing up mm -hmm. my phone. I can, heck, I could take like a week off and mm -hmm. nothing would really happen. It doesn't really matter. So it makes everything really flexible. Like you think that yep. freelancing is flexible. Oh man, blogging and vlogging, that's when your time gets really mm -hmm. super flexible. So not set it and forget it, but better, <laughs> closer, yeah. closer. Yeah. We'll say that. Absolutely. And I think it's reassuring to, to those. I mean, I can speak for myself that I get very overwhelmed at the at how quick everything in, in social is nowadays. Everything's 15 seconds. Everything's a TikTok or a reel. And you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of overwhelming. It's reassuring to know that blogs still work. Like at the end of the day, I mean, it's SEO, like people are still Googling things. As long as people are Googling things, there's still going to be value in that slower content model, I guess you could say. Um, so, you know, for anyone listening out there, I think there's still a lot of value in that. Clearly there is. <laughs> See, this really excites me because like, I, I honestly, it's in my bucket list to try to explore the world of YouTube, you know, in a proper way. But I keep telling myself, it's funny that you call it the slower content model. Cause to me, blogging seemed faster. So now yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, well, if blogging is slow, feels <laughs> are well, turning see, now. <laughs> see, I consider YouTube and blogging like the, it, the same kind of thing. Okay. They're the same slowness, I would say. Okay, and that right, they're, right. yeah, long form content, SEO content. That's really what YouTube is. It's SEO content at the end of yeah. the day. So, yep. Yeah, exactly. And people who do it both, man, y'all are sitting really pretty. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing it. I, I want to do a blog, but I don't know if that's going to happen realistically. Speaking of that, I feel like you, I mean, with all those things that you're doing, I honestly feel like you're, you're superwoman. You're doing a lot of different things <laughs> and I'm really fascinated right now with people's kind of work routines. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about like what your, what a day in your life is like? Well, a day in my life now has changed dramatically since a day in my life, even two years ago, you know, yeah. I mean, I'll confess, I had a lot of energy when I, when I first quit my job, I was really excited and I was never made, I'd never made money like that in my life. You know, mm -hmm. at the height of it, I, I had brought home like $200,000, you know, in a year it was bonkers, <laughs> So, yep. uh, but I was also behind the scenes, you know, I was working like 10, 12 hours a day. Um, you yep. know, it was like, if I take a weekend off and it's funny because there is a lot of, there's a lot that 2020 and even 2021 has taught me. And it really taught me that life is short, you know? And so, and that's one of the reasons why I started launching the blog and I started doing other things, um, you know, and, and thinking about how genuinely I'm spending my time. So, and, and it's fine, you know, when you're starting out, you might need to hustle a little bit like that. You know, not everybody needs to have as many sleepless nights as I did, but it's probably going to take some groundwork. It's like building a garden and planting the seeds is, is dirty work, you know? Um, and I, and I think that's true with a lot of business, especially if you want to start something responsibly, um, and, and with a low risk, 
Um, you know, because it was, it's never something that I just like dive straight into. I always had some kind of, you know, proof of concept before I, you know, dip my little toe in before I go all the way. Nowadays, when I kind of think about like, what's really important to me, it's, it's more because I have a steady amount of income coming in. It's more like time with family. It's more, you know, time taking a vacation. It's just kind time, time to myself, you know, more respite time essentially. Um, so that's one of the reasons I've leaned more into like the semi-passive income. So if you look at my schedule today, I mean, I'm lucky if I like roll out of bed without hitting the snooze button five times, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, relatable. I, there, <laughs> there are days, I mean, on an ide- ideal day, you know, my alarm clock goes off at eight 30, um, on a not so ideal day, it goes off at eight 30 and I ignore it till like 10. <laughs> yep. I love it. <laughs> and I, I roll into the office, take my sweet time. You know, um, I, I actually walk to the office every day. That's my nice. normal exercise. Cause I'm not a real big gym person or anything. So I walk about a half mile to the office. I answer all my client emails and messages. Um, I, if it's a Monday, I always meet with the, the blog team and we discuss all of our projects and how we're going to integrate that in, um, to our freelancing schedule. We operate multiple Trello boards and uh, we have nice. one for each blog. And then we also have one for the freelance, um, we all communicate via Slack throughout the day, which kind of keeps everybody, you know, in the loop and what we're working on. It's really helpful that my sister works on both the freelance stuff with me and the blog. She's a part, true partner, LLC partner in the blog. Um, she just right. kind of works more for me at the agency um, part-time now. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a bit different. You know, I try to go home at a decent time every night. Um, I just quit working weekends like nice. last month because we had been working one day week on the blog on a weekend. So yeah, it's changed quite a bit, you know? Um, but I will say I, I have freelance, um, to thank for that because it, it helped me build that kind of momentum to where now I can really appreciate a better work-life balance. And truthfully, it's something I'm still working on each and every day to really strike that proper balance, you know, and, and I, I'm hoping I'm going to get better at as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that's reassuring for a lot of people to hear, uh, who are in sort of the, the early days, the hustle days. I, I feel like you and I really do have a lot in common. Cause I think we're really at very similar places right now. I was just telling my team member, Megan, I was like, I've been working like 30, 40 hours lately, which is I don't know what to do with myself. Sometimes I just signed up for a music class. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I have free time. This is I'm watching TV again, like reading books again. (laughs) And, you know, but, but at the same time, I really do try to tell myself and also tell the listeners that that is productive, like doing things for your mental health, your family, your sanity, your physical health, all of that is really productive. And I, I mean, I feel like I'm fully showing up when I'm doing things for the business now versus like just doing them to do them, you know, they call it the respite effect. Um, you know, I can, I can actually link to the article cause I wrote about this in a recent blog post. Um, yeah. but it's called the respite effect and you're actually much more capable of doing your job. You think much more clearly, um, there's a statistical increase in productivity if you're actually taking time off. And so, and, and I think it's another thing that especially I struggle with, and maybe I think a lot of women in particular probably struggle mm-hmm. with, I can't speak for all of us. Um, but I know my husband, he don't struggle with this. All right. So <laughs> But like, I feel guilty when I take time off. I, yeah. I think, oh, I should be doing something else versus yep. I look over at my husband. He's like, well, it's time for me to go to the pool again today. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I, it's also a mental hurdle you've got to get over. I think yeah. it, instead of seeing that as wasted time, we need to see that as highly valuable time, um, yes. investing in our future productivity and, and our, and our clarity of thought 
And it's totally. so really important, you know? Totally. Yeah. I would love to read that. So please send me that article. I'll link it in the show notes for everyone else so they can check it out too. Uh, I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I want to be respectful of your time and thank you for, for joining today. Can you let everyone know where they can find you for, you know, hiring your agency, reading your blog, anything else that you have going on Where can they find you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you can go to morganoverholt.com. Um, that's where the blog is. It's also where the portfolio is. If anybody wants to, um, check that out, I've actually got a cool e-download right now, which is a jump, jump, um, upwork jumpstart guide. Um, that's totally free. Just in exchange for an email address, um, on our newsletter. I never send out a newsletter. So it's actually a really great exchange. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get on that. I think I've sent out like one the past three months. So I definitely won't be spamming you. (laughs) Um, but it kind of tells you a little bit about what I did and what you can do to kind of jumpstart, you know, your upwork career. So make sure to check that out. Um, and then of course you can follow me on all the major social channels, um, Instagram, you know, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and the handle is Morgan O media and it's Morgan O media. And then on Patreon, I'm, I'm Morgan Overholt on Patreon. If you want to check that out too. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Morgan. I'll link everything down below or in the show notes. And thank you again for joining me. It was so nice to officially meet you. I am honored. Seriously. I am geeking out a little bit. They say like, don't meet your idols. Like, I mean, this, no, I was, I was so nervous to be on this podcast. I never get nervous before podcasts, but I mean, you've been fantastic. I mean, you're so warm. I feel like I've known you for a decade. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, hopefully we can meet in real life sometime. Um, you know, here's to hoping I'll be in Miami someday. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, you're welcome. I'll show you around. It'll be great. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you so much.